0: Welcome to the podcast of the fabulous Las Vegas Rotary Club. My name is Jacqueline Thornhill and I am honored to serve as the 97th president. Our club focuses on youth, children's literacy, and we support our active duty military and veterans. We meet on Thursdays at Lowry's at noon. For more information, please visit LasVegasRotary.com or follow us on Facebook at Las Vegas Rotary Club Founded 1923 where you can watch a live stream of our weekly meetings. Please enjoy this week's speaker.
1: Thank you, Madam President. How do you do? Yeah! I am pleased to introduce a good friend of mine today, John and I connected up a couple of decades ago, and one of the things about John, he's always in, involved with a business, and a lot of times it's a new startup or a new technology, a new something. So when the medical marijuana came around, he got involved with trying to get that set up correctly. We can debate whether he did or not, but he was trying. And also, you need to know he's involved with, right now in the middle of an IPO on another industry. So, if we can, let's give a big round of applause for John.
2: Yeah, no, it's uh, what I see on my screen is my PowerPoint, but I don't see that up here. But uh, uh, sorry, he's an Apple guy, you know. The rest of the world is, you know, PC, <laughs> you know, but attorneys are that way, I know, uh, but you uh, gotta love them. Um, yeah, it might be one of these top things, you know, anyway. Well, anyway, I, I have been running the uh, Las Vegas Medical Marijuana Association for uh, five years um, and I was here two years ago, so I really appreciate you guys inviting me back because um, and, Janet, good to see you. And I've seen a lot of friends come up as we were trying to set this up. And uh, uh, Rotary has been very gracious, uh, and I, I love what you guys do. And I have, have an admission to say is that, uh, and, and Tom Thomas will get this one. Uh, my uh, brother is a past president of the Bellevue Club up in Washington. So he just finished uh, in June. So uh, uh, he, they went over to uh, Senegal. It was one of, one of their projects where they, you know, uh, you know, helped uh, Rotary was involved over in synagogue, and they were putting in. Hey, that looks that looks like a start. They're putting in uh, wells and helping the people. And synagogue is one of those countries that uh, Trump talked about that wasn't uh, high on his list. Hey, there we go. Okay, that's the that's a good start here. And so let me get the uh, advance. So yes, I uh, started it uh, back in 2014, and obviously a lot of things have happened since then. Uh, let's see. Thumbs up. Hey, there we go. Um, and it is the Las Vegas Medical Marijuana Association, so we do want to talk about patients. And uh, as you can see, we had an event called the Forgotten Patient. And uh, this is typical of marijuana, is that one of the reasons why medical marijuana is, uh, enjoys actually good support, why well, back in 2000 the, the voters in Nevada approved medical marijuana, because people fall through the system. They have problems the system can't. Have help and they we, we call these the forgotten patients And so we see up here um, uh, <clears throat> marijuana saved my life depression PTSD uh, we had quite a few we have three, three ladies here who had cancer and they swear and now it's all anecdotal but they swear that it helped their cancer now we do know that it does help with the chemotherapy on the nausea it helps with the appetite and it helps with actually just the mood it just cuts you know when you're having a serious illness it's, uh, that's life-threatening, it's not, a, it's not fun. And so these people, now, this is typical also, do they look like potheads? No, they're not potheads. Do they had never thought they'd ever be in a situation like this. Uh, but the system wasn't helping them. Marijuana was helping. So uh, this was done over at Sahara Wellness, 420 East Sahara. That's run by Brenda Gonzalez. She's a former professional tennis player, uh, just a wonderful lady, and really feels very strongly about the patients. Um, I do want to talk about this guy here with PTSD. Uh, he's a Vietnam veteran. And if you remember back in the uh, day, we really didn't understand uh, PTSD and what it effect it had. had. Uh, a lot of veterans are self-medicating with marijuana. He was doing that early on, got thrown in prison for that. Still showed up at this event, Still's pushing, saying that it's helping him so let 's talk about the veterans, uh, big part of the medical marijuana side of it i 've met a lot of veterans. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is uh, over here to my right, is Christina Alfonso Zia wonderful person, full of energy, full of life, uh, just just uh, a delight to be around. She went to uh, Afghanistan, served a tour over there, came back with PTSD. Now the site uh, the psychology department at ELV has done a study, women are more susceptible to PTSD. And she came back with a bad case. Well, what they do for veterans, they get the thing, they get something from the VA called the, the combat cocktail. And it's a, uh, probably six different psychotropic drugs. And what happens is that, that this combination, and they change it up every, if it's not working, but it makes them, uh, it keeps them from sleeping, it makes them edgy, makes them withdrawn. And it makes them suicidal. And uh, Christina tried to commit suicide five different times. And it wasn't until marijuana that the fog lifted. And her mother, who is uh, also a Sergeant in the Army, said, I got my daughter back. And so she's a great one. Uh, And so she's a very good advocate for marijuana now. Uh, Down here on the right, uh, this is Jeff Krasnick uh, in front of the uh, Las Vegas sign. Tours in Afghanistan and Iraq, uh, salt of the earth marine. Uh, He feels like he would kill himself if it wasn't for marijuana. It really makes that big of an impact on him. And uh, these guys, you know, they're just great people. Uh, And and last one up here, uh, Roberto Pickering. Uh, Roberto Pickering is the smiling guy in the middle picture here. And he came back totally disabled from Iraq with PTSD. Uh, He was taking the combat cocktail. He was also drinking, which is another way they kind of self-medicate but just makes things worse. And uh, marijuana has has saved his life. Uh, And so he's a big advocate now. Um, I want to talk about some of the doctors and some of the, you know, on the medical side real quick. Uh, Up here in the right, these two pictures here, that's Dr. Sue Sisley. She's been in this uh, she is a, a medical doctor from uh, Arizona, and she has a, she's internal medicine and psychiatry. So, so she's treating a lot of the marijuana patients, and uh, she found a lot of them were self-medicating with marijuana. Uh, and she also was starting to lose patients to suicides. So she decided to do a clinical trial. Like any good doctor, you want evidence, and that is one of the big issues about medical marijuana. There is no evidence. so. She applies, puts together a clinical trial, phase two, and if anybody knows about trials, it's a lot of work putting them together and you've got to get all your endpoints, line everything up, and it got approved in 30 days from the FDA. It took another five years before NIDA, National Institute of Drug Abuse, approved that trial. So, and what happened was she was on this show here called... Weed, and that is Dr. Sanjay Gupta. Uh, it's on CNN, so I don't know if anybody watches CNN, but. Uh... Oh yeah, that was a joke, but uh, some people do here. <laughs> Dr. Sanjay Gupta uh, was about marijuana, and then went to, uh, uh, he went to Colorado, met some of the, uh, uh, the severe epileptic patients, young, childs, uh, young children that had uh, uh, Davret syndrome. And uh, marijuana, specifically CBD, actually helps with those seizures. To where they get their life back. Uh, but anyway, she was on that program, and as soon as she was on that program, the next week it got approved. So after five years and a week, she got approved. Now it's still not an easy thing. It took another five years to uh, actually finish her trial. She had to uh, work with the University of Mississippi. That's where it's only only legal place you can buy marijuana, and the, the quality there is horrible. It's not medical grade. Uh, and then getting, you know, just getting enough veterans. But she did finish up, and we're going to see what she's. Probably next year we'll see the results of that. Um, Over here in the top right, my right, probably your left, that's uh, Dr. Spiritos. uh, Nick Spiritos, uh, he's well known for the uh, Women's Cancer Center. That's what he runs. Uh, Nick started the apothecary dispensary. In the cancer area, he was treating patients. He was doing some trials on patients. uh, And he was able to reduce their opiate intake by 50%. And some actually reduced all opiates altogether. And this is with cancer, and there's a lot of pain involved in that. Uh, he wants to do a trial at UMC. He's having a lot of uh, pushback on that. So, again, it's very tough to get, uh, you know, be able to do clinical trials. Um, and last guy I want to point out uh, Zoltan Mari. Dr. Mari is he runs the uh, Parkinson's disease and movement disorder clinic at the uh, Ruvo Center. And uh, he's done some nice. Seminars. Now, Ruvo, their position, or Cleveland Clinic is position, is they cannot talk about marijuana. And, it's actually, and, it's, and I understand that. There's no clinical trials. Now what Dr. Uh, uh, Mari says, every one of his Parkinson's patients ask about marijuana. And so what they have to do is they have to go find it on, on their own. Uh, but he did have a, a nice seminar over there and had patients and asked them about their marijuana use and marijuana was helping with sleep, sleeping. Sleeping is a big issue when you start to have those seizures that are pretty bad. Uh, it also helps with the tremors and uh, just the general depression issues that you might have with that. Uh, uh, actually, and Dr. Mari is on a local medical marijuana company. He's on the board of advisors, so I've got to uh, give a shout out to Zoltan on that. Okay, so. Last time we hadn't marijuana hadn't been legalized by the time I came last time. It was back in May. And so yes, July first, two thousand seventeen, marijuana was legalized. And as you can see from the pictures here, yeah, this is a handful of dispensaries, long lines around the block for people wind up by marijuana. Now what was nice yeah, I mean I had to think about it. these people these people have been smoking, some probably smoking for decades but they're coming over to the legal system and uh, what we do on the legal side is we do stuff like uh, – let me get back to that uh, – uh, this is a certificate, certificate of analysis. Every five pounds of marijuana uh, goes through testing to see, make sure there's no pesticides, there's no uh, heavy metals, there's no mycotoxins, no mold. Um, and uh, this one, you know, safety quality test, this one passed, all those. But a lot of a lot of the stuff gets kicked out, and, and then it breaks down the, the different cannabinoids, THC, uh, CBD, CBN, uh, and then you have the terpenes. So uh, every five pounds this is done. So at least now if marijuana is already out there. At least it's being tested. and it's, you know we have some you know it's being you know, at least it's safer. What we're okay for the last this is up through um, uh, June, and that's the fiscal year for the state. Uh, one point. Uh, 1 billion in sales for the 24 months. Uh, and uh, let's see, my uh, website guy kind of uh, total 96 million in taxes collected. So, roughly, we'll say 100,000 excise tax, kind of went to the, the uh, school fund, rainy day fund, uh, another $100, 000, 100 million to, uh, uh, let's see, sales tax, that goes to the general fund, and then and they have a kind of a split on the excise tax. Uh, uh, the cultivation tax and the other taxes and that goes everywhere. But again, uh, it's better that we're taxing this stuff, c- controlling it, giving it, uh, making it safe. Uh, so that's a nice change. Okay, um, uh, I don't know how many people have been to this dispensary, Planet Thirteen. Okay, you don't have to. Show, okay, no, no, you don't have to show your hands or anything like that. <laughs> Uh, in the marijuana group, we all raise our hands, but, you know, it, it, this is the uh, world's largest dispensary, uh, Plant 13. It's just over here on the other side of the tracks, uh, off the, uh, from where the Trump Hotel is. And uh, they are seeing over 110,000 visitors each month. It is a big thing. This is kind of like the Bellagio of marijuana. So uh, we are seeing a lot of tourists that are coming in for that, and obviously you see Mike Tyson there. and. But not, uh, uh second largest dispensary in the world is the NuWu Cannabis. This is the uh, Las Vegas Paiute Tribe and their numbers actually are not included in the state numbers. Their revenues and taxes all stay with the tribe. Uh, they had a problem. Not enough people were smoking cigarettes anymore. They were losing revenue. So they got into this business and it's done really well for them. Uh, great tribal members. Uh, that's Chris Spotted Eagle there and uh, uh, Benny Selle. Uh, but it's really helping the tribe you know, be uh, solvent and the tribe actually has a lot of issues that they need help with. This, uh, this, We've done this event here, the Martin Luther King commemoration. Now, does that sound kind of funny? Marijuana and Martin Luther King? Well, it, it is to some people, but in the African-American community, they feel very strongly that the war on drugs was a war on them. And there are some bitter feelings. And uh, you know, as we had uh, Andre talk about you know, his friends getting thrown in jail, they can't work in the industry, it's tearing up families. And they know, they know that African-Americans were four times more likely to be thrown in jail or prison than white Americans. And uh, you know, so they're very upset about you know, this whole war on drugs and how this, but you know, so that's why this this was raising that awareness and healing uh, a lot of a lot of pain there, and it's still there, but you know it's getting better. But we're just recognizing that. Uh, let's see, if I can um, skip this as Liberation Day event, uh, um, but I want to talk about uh, it, now. Would it, it, it surprise? It, surprising, this industry gives back. It does quite a bit for the community. It really takes. You know, these are privileged licenses. And I'd say half the industry takes it seriously. Yeah, they're really trying to do the most. And, uh, this one's Pisos, uh, lo- located over on Maryland Parkway in Flamingo. Chad Christensen, former state senator, former assemblyman, is one of the owners. And Chad takes this very seriously. I really, My hat's off to him. He's given, like this check here, for $27,000 to Veterans Village. He's given over $30,000 to Veterans Village. In honor of his dad, his dad's a former military. Um, but they're doing stuff like buying computers for middle schools um, over here. They're giving out blankets for the homeless, uh, you know. So they're just a very, very active program. And uh, but they're not the only ones. Uh, uh, Hardine here was raising. A, uh, they're doing a can drive also. You know, if you're so if you're a customer of theirs, you can be part of that tribe too. Uh, up here on the my uh, my left, your your right, probably. This is the source. And they collect so many cans. Uh, Three Square says it's the biggest donation of cans. Uh, they tie it into, you know, you get you get some extra stuff at the store if you bring a can in. But you know, uh, Shango over here is uh, donating money to cancer. Um, finally, the, uh, another group here, the uh, the Marnells, and uh, let's see what what the other group was, Essence. But uh, the Marnells, they gave uh, they. Cl- collected 7,000 back to school items and 7,000 is just, you know, logistically it's a lot of work. Uh, up here they're delivering them. Uh, this is another group at uh, Essence and Green Life, they collected stuff for back to school uh, for kids and, um, and top right up here, at least, uh, that, uh, Sahara Wellness, uh, every Thanksgiving, they have like a, they do a Thanksgiving dinner and, and invite the community in. So of course in this community feels very strongly about giving back and uh, you know it's kind of it's nice to see uh, you know that that's out there it's a very young industry we have a lot of young people in it and they feel that the uh, medical side is helping people everybody that works in a dispensary sees patients and they might not have cards they talk to them they find out what their problems are it you know it's a huge you know you know they feel it very 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 closely and, and it moves them but uh, it's an interesting industry right now and so we're still you know, we're, you know, it's it's a mix of you know uh, greed and helping people, but uh, you know maybe that's everything. Um, and with that, I'm going to open up to questions. Of course, there's no questions. I'd be having. <laughs> Kim Sergeant
3: Arms, we have one. Yes, my name is Paul Kellogg, and the uh, my question is are you attuned to the, um, the federal government still keeping marijuana as a, as a drug when 60% of the people in the country support medical, support marijuana? What is your take on what that status is? Uh,
2: the, the question is uh, the federal government doesn't support marijuana. It's still a schedule one drug up there with uh, heroin and cocaine and uh, other drugs. Yeah. We're hoping that uh, a couple of things have changed. Uh, a lot of the committee heads in the Congress now are, are in the Democrat hands, and that might uh, get us down to, to a schedule two, and that'll make the, that'll make banking, research, everything else a lot easier. Uh, we hear that Trump is open to doing something there. You know, he's kind of looking what you know the reality is out there and how to make things better, and so we're optimistic on that.
3: Yep. Yeah. John, what's
2: um, going on with the licensing? Uh, how many licenses are available? There was, there's been some controversy in the paper about who does and who doesn't get a license and whether or not there's some under-the-table stuff going on. Yeah, uh, thank you, Tom. Tom was talking about there are 60 li- new licenses for uh, Question 2 that were authorized. And um, as soon as the state had awarded them, uh, lawsuits were filed and that's been held up for a, now at least a year. The, it, you know, And the state set it up, we're, we're, we're not happy with the outcome, because what happened was that six companies got the majority of the licenses. And they're big companies. And it does look kind of funny, the outcome does. But they, they haven't found anything quite wrong Uh, I still think it's going to be held up, but uh, we would like to see more diversity and ownership. Uh, There's a lot of small business. They feel like they're being squeezed out of business right now. I'm uh, seeing a doctor this afternoon. He has a cultivation. He's very focused on the medical side. He's afraid he's going to get squeezed out by the big guys. And he didn't get a chance to get one of those licenses, and so, you know, he's worried. And we need the diversity of ownership. We need new ideas. We need the medical side. So it's still an issue. And I, you know, I hope the Campus Control Board fixes it, the governor fixes it. Again, it needs leadership on what Nevada wants to be and how we want to do this for the best of the community. And leadership's hard to find.
0: Right. Well, I have two questions. One, did you bring us some cookies to try? <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that question? <laughs>
2: Oh, <laughs> Well, I was going to have Tom Haney bring some But uh, Tom was, uh, he was a little spaced out and didn't
0: come and I guess he forgot <laughs> The other question is These people that are in jail Because they were arrested Because of their marijuana And now it's legal How is that uh, being handled? So, so the question is about the people That have been, in,
2: uh, been put in uh, prison for marijuana Or jail or whatever it might be uh, There are some... Uh, they're sealing, in Nevada, we're sealing records for people who, if it's legal now, their records get sealed. So they can get scholarships, or they can get uh, financing for getting homes and stuff like that. There are a lot of social justice issues around this, uh, around marijuana. And we meet people who have been in prison for uh, 20 years for marijuana. It's, uh, uh, it's still kind of working through uh, the system right now. So um, some get out, some don't. It's...
0: Hi. Um, you, I was wondering if you could comment on the uh, glaucoma um, issues with marijuana because I know something in it works for glaucoma. We're just not quite sure what.
2: Okay, uh, the glaucoma issue. So what we do know, it it does help and and probably more the CBD and maybe a combination, but the CBD helps with the inflammation behind the eye. And that seems to help with the glaucoma. And so glaucoma is one of the listed uh, medical diseases that marijuana is allowed to treat. So it does help those patients. Uh, we wish we could do more uh, clinical studies on that, uh, but nobody will touch it because it takes ten years to do a, a clinical trial. But uh, you know, if, I'm, if I was glau- glaucoma a patient, I would do it on my just try on your own, but and talk to other patients. Uh, you know, it, it's not it's not a good situation right now. So I'm sorry to hear that. Right. Thanks for the question. Yes. Great.
3: Yep. Okay.
2: Okay. Um, I potentially have two questions depending on how you answer the first. Um, I'm going to assume some naivete and say I don't know exactly what's happening here in Nevada, but we have heard stories in some of the other states that legalize on both the medicinal and the recreational that because they can't put their money into the banking system, you have these Heisenberg-like storage lockers filled with cash that can't be spent. Is that happening here in Nevada, and can we do something about it if so? Uh, yes, that is happening. Uh, some of the larger companies are able to get uh, banking. Uh, they have to kind of buy into it. They actually invest into a bank it's here, uh, that's um, now here also. But uh, the smaller guys know. They still they still have uh, uh, safe after safe of just cash sitting in there. So, yes, that's still a problem. Okay, and then that does give me a part two is um, – is, there, is anybody given any thought that maybe there's something under the Tenth Amendment where the states could join in a class action lawsuit? I've had the munchies for a Tenth Amendment action on this. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah, we, we, we should be thinking about that. That's a good idea. Hi, uh, could you explain briefly the, the difference between hemp and marijuana and medicine derived, derived from CBD or from hemp as opposed to medicine uh,
3: derived from marijuana?
2: Yeah, that's actually a good, uh, good question. Uh, the hemp—the difference between hemp and marijuana—and hemp has uh, you know, uh, just a small percentage of THC. It's—you it's, would—you can't even. Tony, you think it's three percent? It Has to be less than that. But maybe, maybe you're right on that. Uh, marijuana has—you know—it's grown for the uh, for the THC. Under the Farm Bill that was passed two years ago, hemp and CBD or quasi legal um, hemp definitely is CBd that the fda hasn 't quite figured out you know what they 're going to do, do on that, but uh, you know, unfortunately that 'll probably get regulated to where you 're not going to see it as much, but it seems this, CBD is everywhere and actually does help a lot of people and uh, you know people are taking it for uh, pain they 're taking it for sleep they 're taking it for anxiety, uh, and that 's just the, the hemp derived
3: CBd um, thanks for that question uh, yes, Paul Kellogg again. And the our family has a lot of property holdings in White Pine County, and we're very close with the Silver Lion Farm. Are you familiar with the Silver Lion Farm? No, 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 I'm not. Silver Lion Farm is a hemp producer. Okay, came into the state of Nevada uh, um, a year and a half ago. They have they're they're farming 3,700 acres today, and they are looking to farm 10,000 acres. They're looking to build. They're looking to build their business in three and a half years from nothing to three and a half billion dollars in three years, and so the uh, it's amazing. The uh, I'm a, I have a farm background, and so uh, you know our family's been <laughs> farmers for a long time, and the uh, value of land we have farms in Iowa, and the uh, they're maybe worth five or six thousand an acre, and the. Uh, so in in White Pine County, which I, I own a casino in White Pine County, and I've been there for a long, for 28 <laughs> years, and a lot of property holding, I bought farmland for $500 an acre. The what is interesting about uh, Silver Lion Farms, they you know they're looking to pay five to six thousand an acre if it's pivoted, and the, and and the uh, as you point out all the the ingredients. Um, and they're looking this year for the oil that they take from, from the, the female plants to make $40,000 an acre. This yeah. you know, this farm is huge. They want to be the biggest in the world. And the, uh, you, and it's sold because of the division between the marijuana and the uh, um, hemp. So yeah, yeah hemp, that's the uh, – the... Hemp, I mean, I know that – I mean, obviously marijuana is a huge product in, in Nevada. However, the, um, <laughs> hemp is, good, is, a, is a major new effort in the whole state. Thank you. Now, to summarize
2: that, hemp is a big deal for the estate, and there's, it's actually helping the rural communities and helping the farmers. It's actually, a, and again, there's nothing psychoactive about hemp, and uh, we think that's a great, great market.
3: Okay, we'll do one more.
0: You mentioned something about tourists going to the dispensaries. If you can't smoke in public and you can't smoke in your room, where are they smoking?
2: Hmm, I wonder where they're smoking, Rose. Uh, Rose thinks they're smoking everywhere, and she might be right. Um, Where they're smoking is, they're smoking uh, in, uh, well, parking lots. Parking garages is, uh, well, the smoking lounges got uh, held up for two years, if that's going to happen. So right now, there's no place for them to legally smoke. And uh, either they're smoking in parking garages, uh, they're smoking in their cars, or they're, smoking on the strip, sometimes in the room. Uh, It is a problem, and that's the uh, Gaming Association just wasn't ready to kind of deal with this issue. And What we heard was that they're hoping to get their own smoking lounges in two years when it comes off Schedule 1. But it is a problem right now that uh, you can't consume. Uh, If they're vaping or or taking brownies or gummies or something else like that, you're not going to see any smoking. They're going to consume without people knowing about it. They're just going to act goofy and have their eyes glazed over and, and not answer questions very well. So you still want them driving. Okay. I'm going to talk one thing. Uh, one thing that was last, last, last time I was here, which was two years ago, right before, uh, was the DUI situation. Uh, we saw uh, 27 DUIs fatalities in uh, 2017 on marijuana. Uh, in 2018, it's down to 19. We're seeing a 30% drop. Obviously, any fatalities are not good, but it's it's not as bad as we feared. But you know, we, there's still more work that needs to be done. Uh, but it's you know, it, it could it could have been worse, but you know, it's not that bad. So thank you, Jacqueline, for that extra 30 seconds.
0: Thank you very much, John. As you can see, we had lively questions today. I'd like to present you with our Share What You Can Award, which means we are going to make a donation to the local USO in your name. thank you. In the words of a woman I most admire, Amelia Earhart. No kind action ever stops with itself. One kind action leads to another. Let's leave today building connections, taking kind action, serving one another, and rejoicing in the fellowship of Rotary. Meeting adjourned. We hope you enjoyed the latest podcast from the Las Vegas Rotary Club. For more information about future meetings, membership, and our local service projects, please visit lasvegasrotary.com. Now please go out, take action, and connect the world.